On today's show, Ime Udoka's importance in this next phase of the Houston Rockets rebuild the cachet that he has around the league with established players. And could we see the Rockets make a push for one Joel Embiid further down the line and what that would ultimately look like? Plus, today we play Rockets Barbies versus Oppenheimer. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. The Houston Rockets select Jalen Green, Alperon Shengun, and Jabari Smith Jr. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. Every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Hey, Houston fans, I am so happy. You're getting somebody who's going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, somebody who's going to come come in and compete from day one. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, as well as the show at Locked on Rockets. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on that's prizepicks.com promo code locked on and as always thank you so much for making locked on rockets part of your day every single day whether it's on the way to work on your lunch break in the gym thank you for being an everyday or thank you for making lor part of your day every single day joining us now is your weekly co-host frank from the rockets chop shop you can track down on twitter at ftank58 although i don't know how much longer it's going to be called twitter for frank it doesn't <laughs> what are we going to calling it x from now on like i this whole situation is so whack with, crazy. with twitter with social media and what elon's doing over there man yeah he's going he's he's um basically uh mike d'antoni handing the team over to steven silas that's what uh Elon is doing with Twitter. Uh, I guess he's tanking the app, but you know, I, you know, hopefully there is some competition out there that I'm seeing, but man, yeah, the X stuff is crazy. I just saw it this morning. I didn't know. Cause I missed all the stuff from yesterday. So I didn't know what was going on. I thought, I thought I got hacked. Then I got caught up. So <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's crazy. What are we going to say? I, I'm going to have to say, you know, fo- follow me on X at J like, J- no, this, yeah, this is ridiculous. Me. We need to, yeah, we're going to have to like Sears tower this whole situation, right? Where we're just, Oh, we're That's only going to, we're going to keep referring to, uh, let's refer to it as the artist formerly known as Twitter. How's that? <laughs> we'll do that the whole way through. I'm going to be Twitter. Just like I call, um, you know, crypto, arena staples oh I'm yeah it's still staples there we go that's, yeah, that's even more that's an even more recent one okay i like that yeah, we'll use not, that as the example I, yeah. did, I, I maybe i dated myself with the sears tower one um <laughs> all right let's get into today's show we got a bunch of stuff to tackle today we're gonna have a little fun with today's show but first things first there was this video that rockets fans went wild with sunday afternoon <laughs> yeah. of ime udoka at joel Embiid's wedding it was a wedding right yeah it was his wedding yeah. definitely his wedding and Definitely his wedding. Rockets fans are immediately spinning theories like, oh, my God, Joel Embiid to Houston. And, <laughs> and I, I will be completely honest here, like around the same time that the Rockets were entertaining and kind of kicking the tires on the Zion Williamson discussion, right? And maybe potentially seeing about trading around the draft for Zion if he was available, that kind of thing. They did also, they've been monitoring the Embiid situation, but they knew that they had to see how the Harden situation would play out first. Because obviously, if they had gotten James Harden in Houston based on their relationship with each other, like Embiid to Houston probably wouldn't make sense further down the line. 
So there's like a very real possibility of this a little bit further down the line. And we want to talk about what that's going to potentially, what that could potentially look like. But I think the first thing to note here, Frank, right, is Ime Odoka is just the type of guy that has cachet around the league, right? He's like well-respected, well-liked by players. And we wouldn't even be having this discussion if Steven Siles was still the head coach, right? Ime is the kind of guy that players like want to come to play for on a given team. Yeah, that's facts. And I think, um, you know, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Fred Van Vliet was quoted saying that the reason he chose to come to Houston was because of Ime. Um, I, you know, for us coming out of the three-year rebuild, you look at who the Rockets have on staff, it's a bunch of newcomers to the NBA scene. And if you guys know about any professional business or sports league, it's all about networking. So it's who you know, who you know, who you know. And, you know, Stone is new as far as being the face of the franchise's general manager. So the he doesn't have a lot of rapport with these players. Um, you look through the, you know, Steven Silas, uh, even though he has a lot of connections, but his stuff has been really more on the development side of players. But Coach uh, Udoka is somebody that not only, you know, player under Popovich and all the connections there with all the coaches that have come out of that tree of, 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 of individuals that Pop has coached, him being around so many of these great Hall of Fame players, then you move on to his coaching career where he was at um, – uh, Philly, and that's the connection with Embiid. He actually was an assistant. Yeah, it it, it, it wasn't yeah. ju- it wasn't just Embiid just like random. shooting out an invite. Yeah. It's like eBay, <laughs> like come here, like let's go, through, right? <laughs> no, nah, it, it wasn't random. So they do have a connection in the uh, 2019-2020 season. Eme was an assistant on on Philly over there, and so that being in Brooklyn, being in Philly, being going to these coaching camps, um, working out with players, Team USA. That's a big one. The Team USA piece. Um, he was on that 2020 team uh, with Pop as an assistant coach on Team USA. So all of that, he's around a lot of guys, and especially a lot of high talent guys. Then you add in what he just did with the Celtics and proving that to the NBA that he can take a team to the championship. I think the respect factor for Coach Udoka is through the roof. I had a Spurs fan comment on the Chop Shop um, video saying that in their fan base, a lot of people believe that he's the second best coach in the NBA, obviously to them behind Pop. And they kind of wish that he was there for them to transition into as far as their coach. Um, But yeah, man, I think that cachet, it goes a long way when you're a team like ours is young with no real names. We don't have a Pat Riley or any of these big names. We're not part of the Bus family or Lacob or any of these names that people know. So having and hiring Ime Udoka was probably like, I'm going to say this all summer, the biggest move the Rockets made this offseason was getting that coach. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. And and even the extension of that, right, is like some of these organizations, right, the Lakers, the Celtics, they've just got like the organizational brand familiarity, right? Those teams are yep. teams that can kind of pull talent regardless of who's in charge because they have such deep NBA ties, rich histories, all that stuff. The Rockets, though, they are. They're, they're relatively new coming out of this rebuilding period with some kind of unproven talent, if you will, behind the scenes in the decision-maker roles. The Fertitas are still relatively new owners. You talked about Stone being relatively new with his job, although I do think that the hiring of Ime gives them a certain level of credibility, and I think that yeah. together, right, though, like, collectively all those guys are going to be able to work towards the common goal of, you know, building this thing back up from where where it was these past few years, and Ime is going to be a big part of that, especially when you look at again, the relationships that he's been able to cultivate as a coach, the connections that he's had, obviously there were all the initial 
you know, reports and rumors about, oh man, maybe Jalen Brown is going to be on the way out in Boston and he's got a strong relationship with Ime. And we're only going to hear more and more about these types of situations with players who are desperate to leave the situation that they're in and wanting to come to a better situation. And hopefully that better situation could be the Rockets who are still primed and ready to be able to make a splashy move for a big name target if one becomes available. And the one that we're going to talk about here in just a moment is none other than Joel Embiid and what that could could potentially look like down the line. We're going to get there in just a second. First, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. So what is Prize Picks? It's daily fantasy sports. But how does it work? Basically, you pick two to six players, then they score more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 25 times back on your money on any entry that you submit. There's no competing against anybody else. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. That's NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA. They've got you covered for all of the action. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that simple. They're safe. They offer fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the prize picks app or go to prize Prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That means if you deposit $100, Prizepicks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prizepicks will give you $50. So don't forget to enter promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. So now that we kind of laid the table there and or set the table, I should say, laid the framework, whatever analogy we want to use uh, in the first segment. Let's actually get into what this could potentially look like, Frank, because I, I don't think it's like this completely like far-fetched idea that Joel Embiid to Houston could be a possibility. Now, look, I'll be completely upfront. It's not something that's going to happen this summer, but right. it's very easily something that you could see happening either maybe at the deadline as early as this next season or possibly next summer, depending on how Philadelphia and Daryl Morey handle this James Harden situation, right? Because Embiid is a guy who's competing at a very high level right now. He just won the MVP. He was just in an interview the other day talking about wanting to do whatever it takes to win a championship. And he even put like a kind of like a little, little pot shot comment in there about like, it may, may, maybe it's Philadelphia, maybe it's somewhere else. I don't know. Right. So he's clearly committed to trying to win, but he doesn't know if it's going to be in Philly. And when you're an organization like where the Rockets are at right now with all this immense amount of talent and you hope you're going to be on the upswing starting this next year, you are in prime position to be able to put together a, you know, kind of a godfather style offer with some young blue chip prospects and some future draft capital to be in a great position to make a good offer for an established top five, top 10 talent like a Joel Embiid and then catapult yourself back into relevancy. I honestly think it's not a far-fetched idea. I think the Rockets could absolutely be in play for Embiid a little bit further down the line in the not-so-distant future. Yeah, I think the the key phrase is further down the line, and this ties into what we just talked about with Coach Udoka and the perception of the Rockets. So I think if Embiid is trying to win a championship, he's going to want to go somewhere that gives him the best shot to do that, while obviously every you know the players want to balance the work-life relationship, so a place where he can enjoy being. That's why you hear the rumors of places like Miami or LA. No, you don't you never hear rumors of like and no shot to like Thunder fans or Pacers fans like this star wants to get to Indiana. Right. So it's always that work life balance. But for are, us are, are you telling me the nightlife <laughs> in Indiana isn't great? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> uh 
Aragorn's pizza place over there, I heard, gets pretty rocking. Uh, uh, but I'm not sure if that's gonna like keep a, a 20 year old. They've got the after hours from two to four a.m. There you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm sh- shout out to Indi- people from Indiana. Yeah, I'm I'm just joking before I start getting playing for that. But um, the thing is that with what we just talked about with Coach Udoka is his job and what he's gonna with the cachet he has and bringing in these players they're going to have to change the perception of the Rockets over the next few seasons as far as being a serious organization when it comes to winning, and which is going to be a hard task to do. And, you know, as long as what I've seen from Stone and the rest of the front office is they're falling back and letting Ime kind of be the face of everything wisely because of um, his influence uh, around the NBA. I think that goes a long way, but all of that means nothing if we are still a bad team in like two seasons. So, you know, right now I'm looking at his contract uh, for uh, Embiid. He's under contract uh, with a a 50-year player option up until 2027, which basically runs through, you know, the next four four or five seasons. If the Rockets, to me, want to make that push for him, it's going to be relying on on a few factors. Uh, Number one being that the young players we do have, two or one or two of them have to get to that top 20 level to show that, hey, I can pair up with these guys, or they could use some of their cap space when Fred uh, falls off the books to go get a top 20 player to bring here to pair with them in Houston. Um, another factor is going to be like, is the team in contention at that point? You know, when Fred Van Vliet's last year on, on under contract, because I think that his contract, you know, that, you know, a lot of people, like we were just talking about it, you compare it to what Embiid is making now, He's only making uh, $3 million less in his final year than what Embiid is going to make be making right now. Um, that's a big contract, but the, the upside to that is that Fred is relatively young. Um, if he serves and does what he's supposed to do here in Houston, he could potentially, if, you know, for some reason that is uh, both in the interest of Houston and him to get moved on to another uh, situation for him where he can get paid again, that could be a, a great trade chip to get a big star. You know, that's why I'm not too, you know, I actually gave the Fred Van Vliet signing an A plus, especially with that player, that team option on the third year. So if you can align the stars where you've won a couple, you know, maybe we'll make it to the play in this year, you make a playoff berth the year after that. And on uh, that third year of Fred's contract, Jalen is good. Uh, you know, Jabari, you know, two out of the four or six guys that we have actually show something that they can be something. Then you can make that move. But I will say that that move is probably going to cost you one of those guys um, that that you really like. So I think for and this is Embiid is just a name. It could be for any big name star. When we have to make these decisions, it is going to cost one of the guys that we like. And yeah. you already know think, Rockets fans are going to be vehemently against any of that. They're like, no, don't trade any of our guys. Like, they're all untouchable. It's going to happen. But it's going to happen, bro. You I, know how that is in the NBA. It's, always. It's, it's almost like a script. It's going to happen. At some almost point. like a script. We already know the NBA is scripted, Frank. Come on. We, look, it's look, scripted. this is, you, you and I got a peek at the script. That's why we're talking about <laughs> NBA to Houston right now. We're prepping Rockets fans a little bit ahead of time, right? Just a sneak peek, a peek and, behind and the l- curtain. L- let me say this before, because I know some people get all like, oh my God, this is not going to happen. Hey man, it's what, uh, about to be August. We're trying to keep y'all entertained. Okay. So let's let your imagination run wild. Because once again, you got to look, OKC, if you go look at some of the stuff they're talking about in their franchise. They're going to have to make this decision a little bit sooner than we are because they've already achieved some of those steps that we're trying to get to. This happens in NBA. Players are, you know, you have to aggregate your players, your talent at some point to make a chess piece move to try to build a contender. Um, I just don't know who it's going to be. It depends on who that player is that pops off 
uh, for the Rockets over the next few years. I mean, hell, we already kind of saw it with the Rockets, right? With the fact that they had some roster churn with the young guys that they cut, you know, kind of cut ties with in order to, again, now it's unfortunate the now way that low, they went about it. Bar, <laughs> it. Again, it's unfortunate the way that they went about it, but like those guys, yeah. they, they're gone now, right? Ty Ty, yeah. Garuba, Josh, they're Very all gone. Yeah. So, you know, I honestly, in my mind, I'm interested. One thing that you didn't mention, right, is obviously how volatile the situation becomes in Philly is a big component oh, yeah. too, right? Like, depending on how they maneuver this James Harden trade. Now, if, if Daryl Morey pulls a rabbit out of his hat and figures out how to turn James Harden into another, you know, relatively top, whatever, top level player or some assets that he can then flip into another top guy to pair with Embiid, maybe Joel stays happy, right? And he's good and he's content to stay in Philly and play out his career there. But if this situation is a dumpster fire, if Philly regresses in a big way this year, if he feels like he is the only good thing that that organization has going for it, aside from like Tyrese Maxey, then like they're going to be in really rough territory trying to convince him to stay. I could honestly see a world, Frank, where the Rockets are actually poised to make a jump for Embiid in one year. So like this, like next summer, right? Because... When we talked about, we've talked before about what the Rockets like win totals and some predictions and how we think they're they're going to do this next year. I've stuck with the number thirty five. I think they're going to be at a minimum a thirty five win team this next season, and I think they've actually got some room like in that thirty five to forty ish win territory. When you look at the names that they added, the internal growth from guys, uh, adding you know a top five NBA head coach in Ime Odoka, potentially. Um, it's still kind of juries out on how good Ime actually is. This is also a very different group than the group he had in Boston, but still, you know, erring on the side of confidence in Ime. Like, I think that's worth a really solid uptick in the number of wins. So if the Rockets can go from NBA laughingstock to, like, upper esh- upper end play-in team, or, like, I'm not going to say they're going to full-blown secure a playoff berth, but something in that category, then you can envision a world where Embiid looks at himself and he's like, man, they went from that to this in one year. If I, if I get added to that, we can go to contender next year. Right. And if in, in that world, I don't think it's ridiculous to think that the Rockets could make a push for him next summer with the pieces that they currently have without having to also like use, uh, Fred's like gigantic salary to make it happen. I would, the only way I see that happening, just because I feel like if I was just looking for that, I would just stay in Philly if I was him, because, you know, it's basically going to be, they're already in, at that level. Um, the only way I could see that happening is two scenarios is well, that's, one. That's, all, that's all also why I said if it's volatile, right? Like if they regress oh, yeah, this no, year, yeah. right? Like, so that, that would kind of be the whole point is like, if they regress this year, if they look worse this year, it's only going to get worse moving forward. So then that's his like, okay, five alarm fire. I got to get out of town. But you got to think that he probably sees us. I mean, we're not a proven commodity. And if I'm going to make a decision like that, I'm just thinking like him, I go somewhere where I know I have a great chance. The only way I see that for us is that if we actually aggregate earlier and actually go get somebody that he's going to come down and want to come play with. Like right now, I know that we're going to have um, a lot of jumps from our young guys. I just don't see them leaping that far up in their skill level enough to make that a convincing argument where maybe we go get a, another star level player that wants to come to Houston and pair up with him and start here and build from there. That's, that's kind of the world where I see that happening. Um, Not saying it's out of the, that's impossible. Can I, can I give you another angle to consider as well in that go, regard? Go ahead. Let me hear that. Let me hear that. I, like, think about like the whole sit. Like when, like when Carmelo forced his way to New York, right? He the the Knicks had to gut their roster to trade for Carmelo. I think the Rockets right. are in a 
unique position where they wouldn't have to gut their roster to be able to get Embiid, right? Because you would still have what, four out of the six young guys, depending on which two you want to send back in the trade. And at that point, like versus another team that maybe is a bit more ready to be a contender right out of the gate. They've got like one or two star guys already. Like look at Miami, for example, right now. Like Miami mm-hmm. is going to be completely gutted if they pull off a Dame trade. And it's going to be it's going to be Dame, it's going to be Jimmy, and it's going to be Bam. Now that's a great big three, but then who the hell else do you put around those guys? And we've seen that depth really matters, right? You have to have a team that can go seven, eight, nine, maybe 10 deep, especially for these, you know, late postseason runs, that kind of thing. The Rockets would be in a position where I think they could make the MB trade, like swing the trade and have good value for Philly with, I'm just going to, I'm going to get flamed for this, but like, you know, Alper and Shingoon, like Cam Whitmore is like <laughs> the two core, the, the two staple pieces of the trade. And then you use salary filler, like KPJ, Jay Sean Tate, oh, uh, you hit the, you hit the trifecta of controversial. I know. Right. Just, I, I, you're, you're asking for it, bro. If they flame you. Hey, I had nothing to do. <laughs> light, light me up in the comments. Set, you know what? Set, set the bomb off in the comments. Like Oppenheimer did. All right. You know what? Go for bro, it. Just Shangun, Cam and KPJ, man. You living wild today, Jackson. But yeah, legitimately, <laughs> legitimately, right. You could do that and you would still potentially have, you know, your, your other four pieces, your Jalen, your Jabari, Amin Thompson, and Tari Eason and hell like again you could if you had to really push you could include one of those guys if you really felt like you needed to but I think at that point you still have a roster that is doesn't have a bunch of gaping holes in it right and suddenly you've got a top five top 10 guy in Embiid who's just you know right smack dab in the middle of his prime he's 29 this year so he'll be 30 next summer yeah I think I think it could happen. I would not. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with the like the trap. I'm just looking at it from Embiid's perspective. That's the only like uh, point of contention because everything you said that that could happen. It would make sense for Philly. I think ideally uh, Daryl would want to amass as many like assets as possible, young assets and picks because we already know he's probably going to flip that for something else. Um, but. And for Houston, it, like for both teams, but, you know, as we're seeing with Dame and with Harden, these players are really particular about playing where they want to play. If Embiid is willing, then yes. But I just, to me, it doesn't, if I was him, I'm like, I'm going to leave a situation similar to Harden leaving Houston where I'm beloved. Um, this is my town. I'm uh, the face of this franchise. I want to go to somewhere where I have a chance to actually win. Maybe it's not Miami, but just somewhere where I, I know for a fact that I'm going to be a contender every year. I just don't know if Houston is going to be that team that soon. That That's my only, but as far as like for the teams, I mean, yeah, that'd be a great trade. It's just that I don't know if Embiid would see Houston um, even coming into a year where we took a leap as like, yeah, this is where I want to be for the next, you know, four or five years of my career. So for sure, that, that's my only point. And it, yeah. it could be right. And again, maybe this is this, maybe this is like extreme, like glass half full, like optimism, yeah. whatever, like red tinted shades. But, you know, it, it could be very similar to like the Chris Paul experience with Phoenix, right? Where that Suns team took a, you know, took True. a leap in the bubble. They looked good. That team with Monty Williams was attractive enough to be the destination that Chris Paul wanted to go to when it was time to leave OKC. Now, granted, Chris Paul was leaving a, who, a weird who, situation in OKC. Who's our Devin Booker, though? That's the question. Because you got to remember. Yeah. That's the that's what I was saying about getting the guy like I don't know they have his, a pretty young two guard who's like seems like he's poised to take maybe a year three well, leap right well, like okay, we could well, see we gonna see <laughs> I mean if, if Jalen comes in like just because I you know we've seen the workout videos obviously he's putting on weight he seems very serious this year and he's playing for a contract honestly I'm gonna bet he has a great season 
Um, but that stuff is important, though, like what you're pointing out. We need these guys. Remember, I said that earlier. We need these guys to show us something as far as their leaps in the NBA, because that don't, that serves them, that serves the team, but it also serves us as a destination to get the MBs of the world to want to come down and play in Houston. They, I want teams to say, hey, I want to go play down with uh, Jalen Green down there in Houston. Because Houston has everything. Like, the table is set. It's set. Like, it's laid out. Our players just have to, like, reach there. We have a coach. We have money. We have a great city, great fan base. It's just these one of these young players has to pop off. And um, I have a good feeling. We have so many opportunities to do so. So yeah, I think we're going to be good, man. I think we got a good future. They got a lot of bites at the apple, and that's what it was all yep. about. So it'll be interesting to see which one of those players, or hopefully more than one of those guys, pops off this next season. But coming up, we're gonna get we're gonna have a little bit of fun now on today's show. Not that we haven't been having fun, but coming up, <laughs> we've got our Rockets Barbies versus Oppenheimers coming up in just one moment. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, we're going to detour a little bit away from hoops talk for a moment because the world has been so preoccupied with Barbie versus Oppenheimer or Barbie and Oppenheimer because every so often you get these two movies that come out at the exact same time and they just become like conjoined at the hip, right? And they just become like twins, siblings, whatever. And it's been like, people have made this like a thing. Like it's like now a thing where you're either a Barbie or an Oppenheimer and you can apply it to a bunch of different situations. You can apply it to teams. You can apply it to podcasts. You can apply it to like TV couples. Like I'm a huge, like Brooklyn nine, nine fan. So like to me, like Jake Peralta would absolutely be the Barbie in that relationship. And then Amy Santiago would absolutely be the Oppenheimer in that relationship. So yeah. what we're going to do here and have a little fun on today's show is we're going to navigate through the Rockets roster and try to figure out who would be the Barbies and who would be the Oppenheimers. But first, Frank, I'm going to take a stab here. Okay. Part of me wants to say that you'd be an Oppenheimer, but I think you'd, I actually right, think you'd be on. a Barbie. Nah, God, dog, come on. <laughs> All right, am Dude, I wrong? I, I, I listen to I listen to classic. I'm like Victor Wemby. I draw and listen to classical music. Okay, you're I'm the Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Okay, you're definitely. an Oppenheimer. Okay, all right. I'm a history th- buff. Yeah. All right, yeah, there I'm we a, go. Yeah. Okay, cool. Hey. I thought I thought it was like a hey, slight fake though. out. Hey, I thought I'm it was flattered. like a slight fake out. I'm flattered. All right. I'm flattered. You know what I mean? Because I get it. I get it. I'm flattered. All right, yeah. which which one do you think I am? Ah. I think you're an Oppenheimer. I feel like we we get the same vibe. Ooh, okay. That's, am I wrong? I think I you you are wrong. I am. I ah. I would be a Barbie. There we go. All right. We okay. we our our we read on each other film. was a little off. I'm gonna I'm gonna snip that. I'm gonna be a Barbie. Just know you just messed up, bro. <laughs> just, just oh out. man, that, yeah. That, that that clip's gonna be in Rockets Watch. It's already in Rockets Watch. Somebody's got my computer bugged. It's already over there. Um. <laughs> okay. okay, dude. I even wore the pink shirt. Come on, man. Like, oh I, man. Okay. Like I was set up for this. This is the shirt that I wore to the to the Barbie movie. No. So okay. let's go through we'll, we'll see if we can identify and you can play along with us and you can tell us in the comments on youtube if we're dead wrong or like completely on the money with some of our picks across the rockets roster so let's start frank let's go with jalen green barbie or oppenheimer e- easy barbie easy barbie easy barbie easy barbie, easy barbie. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's, there you go that's jalen yeah easy barbie jalen yeah he's he's ultimate barbie and not not because of any weird videos just his vibe he's chill He's into his, his aesthetics, you know what I mean? 
very, very like calculated with everything he does as far as his presentation. So yeah, that's definitely Barbie vibes. Okay. I I felt like Jalen would be kind of an easy one. Let's go. Let's go with a slightly harder one. How about Jabari Smith Jr.? Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, we're gonna go Oppenheimer. Yeah, the dude's a, he's a, think, yeah, he's a psycho. I can he's see Jabari it. Cu- All right. Yeah, he's a psycho. He cusses out random people on the court. Like guys that even have nothing to do with the play. Jabari's crazy. All right, Jabari's an Oppenheimer. Jabari's crazy. Yeah, he's Oppenheimer. He gets the he gets the bomb noise because that's the vibe. We got we got Barbie or we got bomb. That's those those are the two bi- <laughs> of two vibes we're going for here. Okay, I can I can see that. <sighs> Shingun's easy. Shingun's a Barbie. Yeah, he's a Barbie. Shingun has to be a Barbie. Shingun's a Barbie. Yeah, he is. Low-key a drip god on the team. Y'all, y'all sleep on Shingun's fashion game too. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a he's a Barbie. He might That's have the easy. best drip on the entire team. I'm gonna put that out. He, there. He's dripped out. I ain't gonna lie. I Always. Be, I peep game. I peep game. You see him walking into like subtle. summer league, and he subtle. he almost he he looks almost like Turkish Bad Bunny the way he walks in with like the yeah, sunglasses like, and everything. Like it's light work because you know a lot of the the fashion stuff is like. Uh, in America is mimicking like Europe and Asia. Absolutely. So, you know, right. So he's already got a yeah. leg up on the competition. He knows what's going Facts. on. Facts. All right. Let's go with some of the newer faces. Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. He's he, he is Oppenheimer. Yeah. Fred is like, <laughs> yeah, Fred is Fred is no Barbie and Fred. <laughs> that dude is about his business. You yeah, said he, is, he uh, is Oppenheimer. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, Fred is a businessman. Yeah, he is not. He's yeah, about no his money. Fred. He's gri- He's about been his grinding money. his whole career. He's a man from humble beginnings, just like yeah. Oppenheimer. Like there yeah. we go. All right, I can I can yeah. fully see that one across the board. This next one's gonna be a slam dunk though too. Dylan Brooks, Oppenheimer all he's, the way. No, nah, I'm gonna say Barbie. You're bro. gonna say Barbie? No, bro, I you cannot. Oh, no, is, this we're man, torn here. You, bar, bro, have you seen him come into like Dylan? Is he is a okay? Okay, he's a Barbie off the court, but Oppenheimer on the court. Okay, you know what? Yeah, that's yeah. you know what? This will be the this will be the first one where we give him we'll give him the the he's full split, like anointing. Yeah. He's the Barbenheimer, right? Like he's the he's the conjoined, <laughs> like he's both of them. He's he's the guy that signed up like on like Thursday, like afternoon for the matinee showing. <laughs> he did both of them back to back. He yeah, watched both back. movies and he had different like outfits for each one, right? He had like the all black for Oppenheimer, and then he had like his jorts and like a like, you know, he had some <laughs> uh what is it called? The cowboy, like the the uh, the what is it, F- uh, fringe, whatever it no, is. I don't know. I, I don't know. know. He he had a whole outfit coordinated for both movies. And all right, so we'll get we'll give Dylan. Yeah, any, anybody that wears a perm uh, to a game with with a with a big coat, yeah, bro, come on, that's <laughs> he, he's he's definitely a Barbie off the court. As soon as the 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 buzzer goes off, though, he turns into a psycho. So yeah, he, he's a both. All right, Tari Eason. This one's easy to me. This make. is tough. No, I, this I one's know, easy bro. to me. I'm not so, gonna lie. Oh, so I I got this one then. Tari is definitely an Oppenheimer. He's an Oppenheimer. You think dude, so? I don't dude, know. He- he is so not only just from like his work ethic and like his vibe on the court off the court. He's a major cinephile. Like he loves movies like so much to the point that he's like, there was a there was one time he was in the locker room. Uh, I think it was in Dallas, and he was like educating Gary Bird on like movies. He was like talking up all these different <laughs> movies. He grabbed Gary's like iPad that they use with like plays and like loaded videos and stuff. And I guess they like, they each have their own designated iPads for like the, the flights back home and to and from and everything. And he started like downloading a bunch of movies and he was telling Gary, he was like, you're going to watch this, 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 and this. And like, he was trying to educate this man. So I think from a culture perspective and just from an appreciation perspective for cinema and all that, Tari is definitely an Oppenheimer. Okay, I'll let you. I, I couldn't. I'm I'm torn on him because I feel like he's such a charismatic person, and such a like you said, his work ethic. He's like he's 
he's a savant as far as a personality. So I think he can be both like, but in a good way, not like Dylan Brooks, where it's like psycho and regular, uh, but like he's he psycho and jorts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he can actually, yeah. I think I would say he's both like he can, he can switch to what he uh, both, both angles. So, okay. He's a Barbenheimer too. All right. This, this one, I'm t- this next one I'm torn on. Amen Thompson. Amen. You mean Amen Thompson that works out in a, in silence? Inside, I, I, I was I was slightly torn on it, but for the same reason that you I think were torn on Tari, right? Because you see him when he talks, and he's uh, so okay, he's okay. so like he's he's kind of like bubbly and charismatic, right? When he's like out, he's very outgoing, and you know, just the moment you talk to him, like you just get like just this this true. warm glow, whatever about. But then he also has the psycho like killer mentality of like working out in a gym with no music and like all that, and the, you even like you see the interview of like him after he found out that he was getting shut down for summer league and like just stone cold serious like the the best poker yeah. face in the game so you're gonna go you're gonna go oppenheimer, oppenheimer. i'm gonna go oppenheimer i think his uh his basketball psycho part overtakes whatever care i think the char- char- charismatic aspect of him is probably like uh those those kind of serial killer guys that they're like really charismatic but it's just a, a part of their psychosis so i think that <laughs> i think he just tries to get along with did humans, you really that just dude is... did you really just ted bundy and min thompson <laughs> yeah i mean like he's the dude is he's 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 wild man i'm telling y'all that that dude is going to be special like he is on some if they had a tier of like the topest tier of mental makeup he's up there so he's a he's an oppenheimer that uses the barbie stuff to try to uh uh, what is it called? Disarm, so- soften his image. There yeah, it is. yeah. That's Don't what play it, with him. Oh Don't man, I'm, I'm gonna have to go. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go on uh, on X and make a and make an X <laughs> with the handshake meme with the you know Ted Bundy and Amin Thompson just there. This... Oh yeah, man. this pot this pot is go, is go, is going everywhere, guys. Hey, it's 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 late July. This, this pot is, is off the rails. Right <laughs> <laughs> All right, this next one. This next one, we should be in unison on this one. I I won't even. I, it, Kevin Porter Jr. Who is it? I, you think? I think. Look, say for a lot of the same reasons as Jalen, right? Like the the fashion, like. But I do know he is. He's in, in addition to the Sakuda stuff, like right, like he likes he okay. likes art. He has a good appreciation for that. Um, he actually draws and like paints and stuff himself. He's so, very introverted too, and um, I don't know. Then on the court, you know, he got that. Even though it sometimes is misguided, I I think that I'm gonna do the opposite of. Um, I think his Barbie probably wins out, but I would not. It's probably like uh, 51 Barbie, 49 Oppenheimer, because I feel like he's just a complicated person. Uh, but yeah, I, I I'll say the Barbie wins out, but he he does have some of that okay. introspection to him. All right, we'll give him the bomb noise too. He, he he can have both. Um, <laughs> oh man! All right, let's uh, let's keep running down the list. We're we're getting to some guys that are going to be a little bit harder now. Jay Sean Tate. Oh, he's he's Oppenheimer. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm safely gonna say Oppenheimer too. Yeah, I'm gonna say Oppenheimer. We'll give him, we'll give him the bomb noise. I'm gonna say Oppenheimer. Jock Landale. Oppen, you can't. Nobody from. He's from New Zealand. Uh, I thought it was Australia. Is it New Zealand? Australia. Australia? Anybody from from that region? They're all Oppenheimers. All Oppenheimers. Oh man, those yeah man, the Stephen Adamses of the worlds and the 
Yeah, yeah. Those those you know, those that's a tough a tough breed of of people. So, yeah, I'm going to give him Oppenheimer. Okay. All Oppenheimer. See, but then I like I think about Steven you you tell you use the name Steven Adams and he's tough, but he's also like a gigantic like he's like a gentle giant. Like he's so lovable and charismatic when he's Dude, in his interviews and all that stuff. That man looks like so. he could he would crack your bones if you could cross his path. So, <laughs> right, just <laughs> Oh, Don't man. let him fool you. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me make sure. I want to make sure. I, we, we've got probably a couple more names here. Oh, Cam Whitmore. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah. Ain't no, ain't no Barbie and Cam. Quiet, quiet, introverted. Quiet, all of extra it. Okay. Oppenheimer. Okay. Yeah, e- extra Oppenheimer. He said, he said yeah. we're going to give it the, the, yeah, the double, double bombs. bombs. Just like all, all of them. Um, all right. Not you dropping bombs like a, a DJ on YouTube, but go ahead, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. All right. All right. We got we got one more that we'll do here. Uh Jeff Green. Uncle Jeff. Unc. Um I think Jeff is Oppenheimer. I think he's a he's a very quiet person. Very yeah, he he's kind of has that laid back personality. I would say Jeff is is, is a Oppenheimer. Um and if you, if I wish see, we need to do the stats on this and kept, I'm going to have to go back and get the percentages of how many Oppenheimers <laughs> on our team, because I feel like that really can say something about potentially going forward. I don't know. What do you think is better to have on a team, a majority Oppenheimers and majority Barbies? I mean, I very clear. Look, I think you need a majority Oppenheimer, but you can't have all Oppenheimers, right? right. You need to have some people there that can help with the vibes and like, can, you know, be the, I don't want to say like the, uh, the comic relief of the team, but you need some people there that can, you know, break the tension occasionally, right? If you have a, a locker room full of Oppenheimers, then everybody's going to hate each other by like yeah. 25 games into the season. Yeah. I think that's it. I'm thinking of some of the great teams in NBA history right now. It is a healthy mix. It is a healthy mix. You think about the bulls and stuff like that, obviously with Rodman and Jordan and Pippen and, uh, some of the guys that they had on there. So, no, nah, no, nah, that's, that's, see, this is a study we could do. Maybe a whole pot on but about was, uh, was, was Rod, Rodman would have been exactly like Dylan Brooks, right? He would have been both. <laughs> yes. Facts. That's a great point. That's that Dylan Brooks motto. See, the Rockets on the way to a championship, man. Three rings. We're coming, bro. There you go. Right there, <laughs> man. All right. Well, on that note, we wrapped up our our Rockets, Barbies versus Oppenheimers. Let us know in the YouTube comments who we got dead wrong, who we were on the money with, whether or not you think it's it's good. You know, team more Oppenheimers, more Barbies. Let us know. Also, let us know how you felt about the movies. I saw both already. They were pretty good. Frank's got it. Frank's got got to play catch up. He's got to go see them. Yeah, I got to get a babysitter. I'm going to try to take my wife this weekend. But yeah, we're going we're gonna to check it out. All right, Frank, let everybody know where they can track you down at. Ftank58 on X and <laughs> and uh, on the Rockets Chop Shop. Uh, just, yeah, hit, hit us up on YouTube and uh, for great quality Rockets content. <laughs> Disrespectful, but go ahead. <laughs> That's going to do it for another edition of Locked on Rockets. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Just search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Give us your thoughts in the YouTube comments. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.